Some more mailback questions today. Are there any surprises coming up at this World Juniors? We'll talk about Sweden's defense score and a lot more coming up on today's show on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Calacash, shown by Sebastian High, and on today's show, we'll be breaking down some more mailback questions from our listeners. First and foremost, we'll talk about who will be the surprise players of the tournament, some players that aren't really talked about too much, but could make a big splash at this World Junior Championship upcoming. This is a bit of a mixed mailbag as well, as we'll talk about some non-World Juniors related questions as well. Um, you know, we'll start off, you know, with a bit more of a World Junior team thing. We'll talk about Sweden's roster, uh, especially their defense core, how that's lining up. And then we'll get into some more draft draftier questions, including are there any interesting goalies that we should talk about? Um, and how does this class top 15 compare to last year's? Before we get into that, though, today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app and use code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout for $20 off your first purchase. If you're if you're listening on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. All right, so let's get it started off. Um... We'll start off with this question here that I think we can spend a decent amount of time on. Um, who will be the surprise player of the tournament? This is from a longtime listener of the show, Casey Lee. Uh, thank you for sending in that question, Casey. Let's get that started here. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's start off with Team Canada. Are there any surprises there and any players you think will make a big splash that we're not expecting? I'm, I'm leaning Jordan Dumais. I think he always kind of outperforms what yeah. we expect of him. Uh, but, yeah, any other names that you think could kind of go in that conversation with Canada? Jagger Furcus is, in my mind, a good candidate. If he cracks the roster, I think he could get all the way up to the top six and really be a versatile offensive threat. Yeah. Uh, so he'd, he'd be one option. I think if we're looking in terms of the, the bottom six, I think that Easton Cowan could be a really, really, really good piece for Team Canada if they bring him. Uh, but, I mean, look, this is Team Canada. Like, if we're talking, like, like surprise breakout players, they're all going to be players that are, like, first or second round draft picks anyways so yeah. perhaps less like super surprising names but uh yeah no it's, a, it's an excellent team so you're, you're gonna see some depth players pop off anyways oh for sure I'll, I'll throw one name in there and a lot needs to go right but sam dickinson for me uh on d could be a very decent surprise standout in this roster um and i think that's gonna bump his draft stock even further if he does make this roster um that's for team canada for team usa we have got options um Ooh, we yes. talked about him last uh last episode but james hagan's a 16 17 year old um i think could make a big splash especially if he makes the top six um especially if he's playing against you know beside the likes of frank nazar isaac howard ryan leonard uh rutger mccord there are so many good options to play beside him and i think the hagans could you know he's an ultimate play connector he's an ultimate transition driver and i think that that you know when you bring that skill set into a world juniors um tournament i think it's it's a it's a it's a play style that gels with so many players in this roster that i think he can make a decent splash and 
speaking of surprise Sandos, I'd throw Gavin Brindley's name in there. I think that he's going to make a decent splash. Um, mm. I, he's been really good for Michigan, um, you know, playing some really decent hockey. And yeah, I mean, especially if he's placed in a, in a, on a line that's more offensively driven on which he will be trusted with more of the defensive side of the game. I think that's a comfortable position for him to be in. Um, you know, him and Oliver Moore, like that combination of skills would be ridiculous, right? Oh, for sure. And I think one last name I'll throw into the mix is Jacob Fowler. Uh, yeah. Trey Augustine is likely going to be the starter going into camp at the very least. This is a player that, that Hockey USA is a very, very, very familiar with. And yeah. uh, he's he's basically been their starter for the last two World Junior Championships already. But I think Jacob Fowler is going to give him a pretty good run for his money this year. Oh, for sure. That's going to be a, a hell of a, <laughs> of a goalie tandem. Um, and you, you can't ignore Tyler Muselik as well, who's kind of like he was very out last year and is still eligible. But despite that, Augustine and Fowler are just so good that I don't think you can really make a conversation of him. Uh, but yeah, Fowler and Augustine are going to be really, really interesting to watch um, as this Team USA roster unfolds. Um, moving on to Finland. Let's talk about Finland for a bit. I mean... Some surprise standouts. I don't know about surprise standouts, but for me, Constant Hellenius is basically forcing his way into the top six with the way he's playing oh, yeah. right now in the Liga. Um, yeah, do you see him kind of outranking Kamel and, and Lambert in, in Finland's roster? Like, do you see him maybe eventually end up on the line with them? Or is he kind of going to remain stuck behind Brad Lambert as a second-line center? What do you think? Actually, is Brad Lambert still eligible? Yes, he, he is, right? Yeah. I think he is, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, in that case, the one seat position is probably pretty locked up. But beyond that, there isn't that much depth down the middle. I mean, Kamal's a clear winger. And then you've got, what, like Kumpalainen and Kaskamaki as alternatives down the middle. And I think Hellenius could make a pretty good argument ahead of both of those guys. So I, I think Hellenius is a really good show. Um, beyond that, um, Lenny Haminaho is playing some excellent hockey against the league of competition right now as a pure goal scorer. I could see him doing some damage. Uh, and the other one is Artu Karki. Uh, he's a really fun offensive defenseman that I've liked a lot going back to his draft year last year. Uh, and he's really ramped it up a notch in the OHL this season. So he's going to make a, a good shot for himself inside that, that top four for Finland. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I've checked. I'm 99% sure Brad Lambert's is eligible. He turns 20 um, on December 16th, but which I think is after the cutoff, I believe. Isn't so the cutoff the 31st, though? I think it's the 15th. Either way, it's tight. <laughs> yeah, it's tight, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, if, if Lambert isn't, isn't in that roster, then we're definitely talking about a slam dunk with... Um, uh, with Hellenius on that top line. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that goes and, and plays out. Um, if so, even then, I mean, you've got Alexandri Kaskamaki, Yanni Newman, who can be playing on that first line. Lenny Haminaho has been playing really good in, in the Finnish Liga. So we'll see how that develops. Other than that, um, on Finland, I don't really see much. Topias Lainanen should be making a push and I think has a decent chance of being their starter. Outside of that, Sweden... Not many surprises there. I don't think so. I, I think we're good on that end. Um, yeah, Felix whoever, under Sorum. I think he's going to uh, have yeah. a great tournament. I think I, I mean, think FUS is going to be... Yeah. He's already just, topping off. I, I just don't think he's a surprise to us, is he? I mean, we know to, how good he to is. Us, to, us, to us, he wouldn't be. I think like 
he did make it like he's stuck in camp around a lot longer than he was expected to which definitely makes him Mm -hmm. less obscure beyond that maybe Otto Stenberg but again we're still talking first round players like this is a pretty good Swedish team and you're going to see first rounders in the bottom six on the third pairing like Tom Volander probably isn't going to be able to leapfrog Hoppelit and uh, ASP in that lineup at least in terms of how how good they are right now and yeah uh, yeah, I think in terms of like like real surprises maybe anton Wahlberg, but again a top 35 pick right so you know uh yeah it's just lots of what do you consider a surprise <laughs> yeah exactly i'd say i'd say the one for sure surprise is going to be michael brown zach newgard not because no one's going to expect him to be as good as he is but mainly because no one's going to be expecting Ray at this tournament because i don't think any any casuals especially are keeping up to date on who goes up and who goes down in, in, in World Juniors division. So, yeah, Norway's going to be playing uh, Division One World Junior Hockey, and it's going to be really, really fun to watch them at this tournament. And I really expect Ranzak Nugart to make a big splash at this tournament. Um, it's going to be really, really fun to watch. Outside of that, I mean, I don't really see much here that could count as a surprise. Any other names you might have in this conversation? I mean, it's a big if if he cracks the lineup or not, but 16-year-old Adam Benyak, 5'9", 160 pounds, but a really skilled 16-year-old for Czechia. Uh, yeah. He really impressed at the Linka in the summer, and there's obviously no guarantee that he's brought to this tournament, depending if that Czech team wants to kind of go for the older players. But if they really want to add a skill guy, I think yep. he's a good shout, and and there's a non negligible chance that he really pops off offensively, even against World Junior competition. Yeah, for sure, and yeah, he's playing pro hockey right now as a 16 year old in Czechia, so I, I wouldn't put it past him. Like he's he's got that quality about him. Um, but yeah, that wraps things up for our first segment. We're talking about some surprises at the World Juniors. We'll get into our second segment here where we talk about um, some more World Juniors related questions, including uh, talks about Sweden's defense and how they line up and especially how the right side of, of defense is going to look because they've got a lot of options. We'll get into that right after these messages from our sponsors over at Game Time and FanDuel. If you're looking for last-minute tickets to any event, Game Time has you covered. Game Time is the best place to get tickets um, last-minute for any event. I have a schedule that really changes from day to day, so I can't really tell you exactly when my afternoon is going to be free, which is really useful when you've got Game Time because when I find myself with an afternoon free, I could just hop on Game Time, find the nearest event or hockey game, and within minutes, I've got my ticket, I've got my QR code, and I'm able to, to scan it and enter the game. Whenever, even sometimes an hour after the game has started, I can get a ticket. So it's really, really useful. We've got a bunch of deals to help you save money as well, including flash deals and zone deals. Zone deals are really fun. Basically, you pick the section and uh, game time picks a seat, and that saves you about 18% on um, overall uh, ticket uh, prices, according to US data uh, for game time. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less than what game time has to offer, game time will, re- will reimburse you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. The terms apply, but again, it's a really simple process. You just download the app, create an account, and redeem the code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute price, uh, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. 
Right now, new customers get $150 in free bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 that you can use on anything, ranging from spreads to player props to over and under and far more. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Whether you want to bet on your favorite team to win the Super Bowl this year or your least favorite quarterback to throw three interceptions in the next game, the choice is yours with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Alrighty, so moving on to some more mailback questions from our listeners. We'll start off with a, with a couple of World Juniors related questions, which we haven't really answered yet. Uh, first and foremost, Corbs44 on Twitter asks, which 17-year-old will make the roster? Draft eligibles that we have that we have to look at aside from the popular ones. By the popular ones, I'm assuming the top 10. So no Celebrini, no Hellenius, no Dickinson. Outside of that. Emil Michael Bradsek Newgard. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that one's easy. Like, okay. <laughs> that, that, he's, he is one of the. There. I mean, he's in our top ten, isn't he? Like he, he's certainly he's good not a consensus top ten just yet. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't I don't think it'll be long before he is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Bradsek Newgard's the, the easy one, mainly because I mean, who else does Norway have realistically? Um, all due respect to, to the Norwegian national hockey team um, uh, at the U twenty level. Him and Petter Vesterheim are the only two that I can I can name off the top of my head that could be worth like you know that that would be locks for this roster. Outside of that, it's going to be very interesting to see who they add. Um, but yeah, Emil Hemming, I give a shout out to um, Finnish prospects playing really good Finnish hockey um, in, in the pro league in Liga, and um, you know has been overwhelmingly good in the junior twenty level as well. Um, I, I think he's a very good shout for this roster, even though they have a decent amount of forwards. Emil Hemming brings a goal scoring element that is always welcome on any roster, and I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, for Sweden, two Czech players, two Czech I, got players. Two Czech, I got two Czech players for you. Yeah, Andre Koch, who is a really smart defensive forward, mainly playing on the wing. He's been playing in Finland this season, and he had a great Hlenka tournament, uh, and yep. he's been really good in my viewing since then as well. So he's one player that I could very easily see crack that Czech lineup because of his mature style of play. And the other mm -hmm. one is Adam Yeko, who's a six foot five center playing for the Oil Kings and WHL, also draft eligible. Um, not a player that I think is going to crack our top 50 this season in terms of draft rankings, but definitely has the profile of a player that can kind of force his way into a, a World Junior Championships roster, even as a draft eligible. Oh, for sure. Um, outside of that, though, it gets a bit complicated. I mean, we can talk about some 16-year-olds, Adam Benyak and James Hagens, but among 17-year-olds, not many Slovaks that put in that conversation. You know, Swiss, I mean, there's one player on Switzerland, it's Leon Mugli, who's been playing uh, decent hockey in the Swiss National League. Um, he's been decent, not overwhelmingly good, like not a top 50 player by any means. But I think that once you reach the end half of the second round of this draft, he might be a decent shout. Um, but yeah, if he makes the roster, it's going to be fairly interesting. He's a decent mobile defenseman. Not the most, I mean, his, his panic threshold is a bit too high. Um, doesn't really understand when he needs to just get rid of the puck right away, like when he has three players on his back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I'm, I'm even then I'm a bit questionable on his eligibility for Switzerland. It's, it's, I, I don't know about that. But yeah, outside of that, it's a bit of a tough conversation. I wouldn't put too many players, um, too many draft eligibles in this conversation outside of the top ten, obviously. Um, 
But yeah, how would you go? Uh, um, WGC Rankings asks, how would you go about lining up Sweden's defense, having to cut one of Matthias Havelid, Elias Salomonsen, Axel Sandin Pelika, uh, I believe it's Albert Johansson, and um, Tom Villander on right handed D seems difficult to do. Well, I have an easy solution for that. You just take the five best defensemen and shove them in your lineup, and that's it. But if you really have to make a pick among three right-handed defensemen of this kind of batch, Sanding Pelica for sure. Um, Havilid, uh, between him and Tom Belander, I don't know. Um, but Elias Salomonson, I think, is in, is in his last year of eligibility. and He'll crack you know, the lineup. He'll, play, he's, he'll he's, crack, yeah. He'll play, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think none of these players can really get cut reasonably. Like, yeah. Sweden's left-handed D core is a little bit weaker now than it has been past years. Like we've we've seen guys like William Wallander um, and Adam Engstrom graduate now. Yeah. So we've got like Kalia Delius, uh, and you might see a draft eligible surprisingly like make a case for himself and Leo Salimbelenius maybe as a left shot defenseman, but that's only if they double down on bringing like three yeah. left defensemen. Uh, I think it's more likely that you see a pairing of two right shot defensemen. Like you can, you can put Tom Belander with Asis and Pelica as your first or second pairing very easily and not yeah. have to worry very much. Uh, same thing. Like Matthias Havelid, I've seen play on both sides decently well, as long as like, he's, he's a smart offensive defenseman and he likes playing on his off on his weak side in the offensive zone to get more shots off. So yeah. you could play him on the left. Maybe um, you, you can get creative. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. Is it Anton or Albert Johansson? I'm not sure it's which Ant- one is. Johansson. I just it's Anton. Johansson, yeah. It's Anton. He's also really good. <laughs> like I, I've liked him a lot as well. So he's another player. Like you can bring Anton Johansson as your seven D and be very very happy with your core. Uh, yeah. He has a lot of versatility. He's big. He's strong. He's quite composed on the puck. Uh, yeah, that defensive core is going to be strong, and I don't think it's going to matter too much having more right shots than left shots. Yeah, same here. I don't, I don't think there's much of a question there. And, you know, especially if Sweden's smart with it, with their deployment of players, you know, picking players who have played left D as right-handed defensemen. Salomonson's in that conversation. Havilah's in that conversation. You know, definitely not Sandy Pelica and Villander, but they could definitely be kind of shouts in that conversation for sure. Um, and final question here of a second segment. Um, David Saad asks, what draft year or draft minus one players are you most looking forward to potentially watching? That's an interesting um that's an interesting verbiage. Um it takes us away from the, you know, don't mention these guys. It's really just which are the ones that we like we're excited to watch. Celebrini for sure. Like there's no doubt about it. He's going to be fun in this Team Canada roster. James Hagen's absolutely going to be a, a ball of fun on 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 the ice there. Um the David Saw's a big yeah, absolutely. And uh, David Sod's a big fan of Zeev Buyam. David Sod's our USA scout, and he says, talk about Zeev Buyam. Sure, we will. Um, I don't know if he cracks this roster. I don't think he does. Um, but if there's any draft-eligible defenseman for Team USA that's going to crack this roster, definitely going to be Zeev Buyam. He is Easy. so fun. I, I watched a game of his recently, and I, I get so many glimpses of Lane Hudson in his game, but with better defensive skating, with better defensive positioning. Like, he's just, he's such, like, a player like him usually is bad defensively. He is not. And, yeah, we've talked about him at length in recent episodes. He's cracked my top 10, and he's going to remain there until for, further notice, until I get any idea or inkling that he shouldn't be. He's in that conversation so far, and yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm. If he makes a roster, he's going to be very, very exciting, and he's going to play. He's going to be playing Zeev Buyam hockey. 
right? Like just oh, yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah, I, I think I think I think my my pick for that question going back before the Booyam talk, I'm gonna just go straight ahead with Michael Brandsek Nygaard. I want I'm so curious to see how yeah. far he's able to bring Norway. Like, are they going to win a game? That would be spectacular if they do. That'd be a lot of fun. And especially like if we've seen in past years, like like uh, Team Austria have massive celebrations for even scoring a single goal against Canada. And I think that's going to be even more amplified with Norway. And I think if any yeah. player is going to drag them to success, it's going to be Grand Zegnigard. So uh, I, I have high hopes for him. I hope that he's, he's going to get all the opportunities in the world. And I hope he runs with them. I hope he gets a hat trick. Oh my goodness. Uh, so yeah, that wraps things up for the second segment. We'll talk about some more uh, non-World Juniors related questions in our third segment, spend a bit more time on some draft eligibles that we should be talking about. We'll get into that after these messages from our sponsors over at Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can do pretty much everything in one place. You can attract, you can interview, and you can hire all on the same website. You don't need to spend hours sifting through different job sites, um, different applications, just to look for the right candidate with the right skills. You can do that with Indeed very, very simply. They can help you find top talent really quickly with a suite of powerful hiring tools. Um, amongst others, you've got Indeed Instant Match, which is really useful. It's, it's basically, you can invite candidates to apply through Instant Match. And those candidates are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's a very useful tool that helps you not only maximize the amount of people that reply to your job offer, but also maximizes your chance of finding the right candidate by giving you you know, people who have the right tools in order to help you out. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. And that invites, and then you can invite them to apply right away. So Indeed knows that when you're growing your own business, you have to make every. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your just your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. That's Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. But if you need to hire, you need Indeed. All right, so let's close things off with some non-World Junior stock for a change. We'll talk about some draft eligibles here, some questions that were sent in from some, some of our listeners who were curious about this year's draft class. We'll start off with a kind of um, a more specific question. Jax underscore MTL asks, any interesting goalies in this year's draft? And who has the who, who was the last elite goalie prospect in recent years? That's kind of a two-sided question. We'll start with the draft eligible goaltenders list it's pretty short in my opinion there are two guys that i think are worth a talk in the top 50 first ryerson leanders who's been playing really really good hockey for the mississauga steelheads um i think he's worth a shout he's very mobile um not the biggest but really uses his size well and is compensated for his lack of size extremely well um his mobility is especially you know prominent you can see him move laterally especially accurately he's not it's not the type of player who bites hard on Deeks and just goes flying into the corner. You know, he's a really composed goaltender with really good footwork, which I really like. Um, that's how I like my smaller goaltenders. So it really fits that mold for me. Great. Um, and the only one would be Carter George. Carter George is, you know, a bit more of your prototypical goaltender, your prototypical WHL goaltender, especially. I feel like they all fit the same mold of really calm, really rangy, um, really athletic, um, but not particularly smart in terms of their ability to stay with plays mentally. 
Um, but yeah, are there any goalies on the European side that you could, you know, th- that you might have in mind? I-, I don't think we've heard any rumblings on that side, right? Yeah, like I mean, as a, as the scouting season progresses, I'm going to have some some flyers for late round options. But yeah. so far, we're mainly surveying players that we see as like potential top 64 talents. And yeah. beyond those two names among goaltenders, I haven't really seen anyone that has really forced my hand there. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I agree there. I don't think there's anyone like from what I've heard, no one on the US, on the European side really cracks the top 64. But will that that play out? Maybe some goaltenders get on, don't go on some good runs, some good playoff yeah. runs, maybe even then we'll see their names kind of jump into this conversation. But so far, it's those two. And to answer that second part of the question, who was the last elite goalie prospect in recent years? I think the last elite goalie prospect we can talk about is, is Jesper Ballstead. Yeah. Um, as much as I like Devin Levi, as much as I like Dustin Wolf, as much as I like Yaroslav Askara, of Jesper Wallstead is Jesper Wallstead. He's like every level he's played at, he's excelled. Every level he's played out, he's been too smart for, too aware for, too composed for. Like he's just there's so many, like the mental side of the game, he's got down pat. He's still working out the technical abilities, and that's why we're we're waiting on him to join the Minnesota Wild, despite the fact that Minnesota doesn't have a single really good goalie in the NHL right now. Like they're struggling, you know, between the pipes. Even then. Wallside is not seeing that ice time. It's mainly because there's still some progress left to do. His goalie coach is probably not yet comfortable with where his game is. Um, but yeah, I remember both of us being big champions of of Jesper Wallstead in this draft year, and he ended up slipping outside the top 20. Um, why do you think that is? I don't know. Uh, like yeah. this, this was a player that I I did not understand why he slipped. Like This is a... He broke every record he could break in his draft year season. He's quite a big goaltender. He's shown on every level that he's an elite prospect. And yeah. I I didn't think it was very close between him and Sebastian Costa in his draft year. Like I had I had Costa ranked well into my second into my second round, whereas yeah. Ballstead I had ranked third overall. So I had a bit of a gap between those two names in that year. But in terms of other candidates, like yeah, like Skarov, maybe, but there's always more shakiness with him than, than there was with, with Wallstat. And there's always like like maybe elite potential of everything broke his way. But yeah, yeah, Wallstat was the last slam dunk elite uh, like goaltending prospect that we've seen. Yeah, I fully agree. Um, and yeah, that that's that question. Uh, we've got one last one before we close things off. And I think we spend a decent amount of time on this. How does this class's top 15 compare to last year's top 15? That's from Ryan Lee on Twitter. Um well, to I mean, to put it simply, last year's top 15 was insane. Um, it was a really, really good top 15. There wasn't any kind of major, major drop off. I feel like this year we've talked about this already, but there are like distinct drop offs at like at like three and then like 11. Yeah. Um, there are two distinct drop offs in quality, which make it a bit more difficult to kind of compare this year with last year's i mean obviously the top end talent last year takes a cake by far and away but even well into the top 15 there were still some decent prospects available some guys that you know could be top six pieces i think once you reach 11 you've kind of ran out a bit of those bona fide like top four or top six um players like at, at forward and d so yeah i mean definitely the top 15 this year is less flashy than last year's but i feel like once you once you hit the further rounds of the draft, like there are some really interesting pieces, right? For sure. 
one thing I'll add though, I think maybe the five to 10 range this year is comparable to last year. Yeah. I think that the, the top five last year was clear. The 10 to 15 range last year was well clear because we have a pretty significant drop off there this season. Yeah. But that, that, that five to 10 range, like, like we were talking about this uh, off camera before we started recording this episode, that we've really quite liked the progression that we've seen from the top 10 group in this draft class since our last draft meeting. And yeah. we're seeing guys like, uh, like Hellenius and Lindstrom really popping off and forcing their ways into top five conversations for us. And, mm -hmm. but eventually some of them aren't going to crack into our top five, but if we're talking about guys like Sam Dickinson and Zane Perak and Cole Eiserman, Michael Brandstein, Newgard, these are all players that I think could be like, like could contend with the, the 510 range last year but oh, for sure. it is not as strong of a draft class as last year's was the the depth really doesn't compare like especially once you get outside of like the top 32 i think there's a pretty significant drop off like we have players that in our meeting that we ranked top 20 that i don't think would have cracked any top 32 ranking meeting last season so yeah it, it's not the, the the deepest draft class of all time but uh, we are seeing the top end of the draft class take some really impressive strides recently Oh, for sure. And that's what's going to be really interesting as the year goes on is we're going to see those guys develop. We're going to see those guys add tools to their game as the year goes on. And that, I think, the difference between October and June in terms of what we watch from prospects is so important because that tells you the players that have everything set in order to improve their game versus ones who kind of stay the same throughout the year. It's a bit tougher to project those guys developing a lot after their draft year. Whereas, you know, a guy like Constantinus, I remember talking about him when he was 16, saying like, oh my goodness, these are some really decent individual tools that he has. And then right now he's playing a completely different game than what I saw from him when he was 16 in the Liga. And like that difference in play style, that difference in, in quality is massive and really important. So you always look for this kind of stuff. I think it's going to be really interesting as the year goes on. Uh, but that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day and give this, the, the, the show a good rating. It's always very much appreciated. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, their 24-7 news channel uh, that gives you all the updates you need about everything going on around sports, especially if you follow fantasy leagues and you know, do some sports betting, really, really useful tool. Um, and make sure to tune in for our future episodes in this week as we continue our uh, December coverage, especially as the World Juniors come around the corner. We're going to be ramping up our coverage of that. So this has been Hattie Calacash with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.